This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, who remembers a rather special museum that popped up in George Street a few years ago? If you went in, you would have discovered a, an amazing collection of 60 life-sized, handcrafted 19th century Indigenous warriors with all of their weaponry and regalia. Did you ever wonder about the man behind that all? Well, my guest this morning certainly did. Director Chris Gilman-Gable is making a feature film about Frank Vasanyi called Frank and the Warriors. And uh, Chris joins us on the line now. Morena, good to have you with us, Chris. Oh, hi, Jeff. Chris, tell us about uh, the moment that you got interested in Frank's story. Uh, very much as a result of that exhibition, in fact. Um, I, it started for me by seeing a flyer in a cafe window, and I, that immediately caught my attention. I thought, um, because it was billed as the, the world's largest collection of full-size tribal warriors, I thought, well, what's such a thing doing here in Dunedin? And uh, I, I guess I immediately sensed that there was um, a story behind that. Uh, so I went along, also very curious about the warriors themselves, having travelled fairly extensively in, uh, throughout Asia and Africa myself, and, and having met a lot of tribal people, I was very interested from that point of view also. Um, but then, of course, I, I went along there, was was very impressed by what Frank had achieved in the last three decades or so, and uh, and met the man, and, and uh, then realised, yes, there certainly was a story here to be told. And a story not just about uh, the... Uh, the Warriors, of course, but about the man himself. Um, had you heard of Frank before? No, no. He's been sort of beavering away doing this, for, as I say, for the last three decades. Um, publicity's never really been his thing. He had a much smaller exhibition uh, in uh, Arrowtown, I think perhaps um, five or ten years preceding this, ex- in this larger exhibition, uh, but that was about it in terms of sort of reaching out. So these warriors have uh, been living in his, his lounge, or his large lounge, I might add, uh, all this time, and that's where they are now. Tell us about the man himself. Did you engage with uh, with the subject of your film in an easy way from first meeting? Uh, yes, I think I did. Uh, we've had a lot of shared experience. I, I mentioned uh, travelling, for example. That's something that... That Frank certainly did, and that was the, sort of the genesis of his interest in, in indigenous culture. Uh, he went to some very uh, off the off the beaten track um, locations, uh, you know, Borneo, Tibet, uh, Mongolia, um, Amazon, and so on. And and I, we'd certainly shared some of that, and and so we we uh, certainly uh, made a connection around that. But I think also um, probably something to do also with with fellow creative spirits as well. Um, the definitely a connection on that level also. The reason we got to see these warriors in the way we did was because Frank needs to um, to get rid of them. Yes, yes he does. He's, he's reached a stage in his life when he actually wants to move on, downscale, so that involves um, yeah, selling his collection which is currently for sale and uh, also his house and, and actually leaving the Eden in due course. Um, he wants to get out there in the world and do a few other things. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, obviously part of the story, uh, just what happens to these warriors. Yeah, well, tell us more about the story. What are you um, hoping to tell about Frank and his his mission? Um, I think I've been selling the story as a, as a, as a looking at somebody who's got a genuine creative spirit and what, what it's like to live a life of that. That type, and obviously the 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 warriors are a vehicle to to follow that story. So um, 
within that way, we look at Frank's backstory, which is very interesting, um, and and indeed how he lives his life uh, currently and the decisions he makes along the way. Um, and and as regards to the ending, uh, it's still happening. We just don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, and of course, we don't want to spoil anything. But um, what can you tell us about the process uh, he's been using um, to to create these warriors? How much of Frank is in them? Um, Frank's not professionally trained. He didn't go to art school, so it, there's a bit of that um, New Zealand number eight wire uh, thing coming to pass. He just does whatever it takes to, to make these warriors come together. So he he, um, he uses quite ordinary um, materials very often, such as um, gym, um, such as plaster. Um, so uh, just whatever it takes, and uh, he collects the, the, the bits and pieces, the, the warrior, uh, sorry, the, uh, the clothing and the weaponry from all around the world, uh, both from his own travels, but also from eBay. And and does what it takes to pull these together. He's, he's quite um, yeah, he's quite ingenious the way he can he can make something uh, come through and, and and look very authentic and real at the end of it. I must confess, when I first heard about this collection, I thought that's some incredibly wealthy person that's got this amazing collection that's otherwise housed in some mansion like uh, or museum like place. But is that the case? No, it's not. No, no. Frank wouldn't describe himself as wealthy by any means. Um, he's spent a large portion of, of his income on this collection. It has cost him tens of thousands of dollars. I, I don't need to think what it all uh, all adds up to in terms of uh, the money he spent on on um, both the the, um, the um, regalia and, and the weaponry and what have you. Um, yeah. So um, it's he's just been very. Focus. That's another thing about Frank. Very single-minded about keeping moving forward. His point is that nobody else has ever done this, uh, which seems extraordinary. That there's no, that nobody's attempted to to create a collection of of people that represent cultures before essentially the homogenisation of culture before the empires really started to to reach out and into the world and um, and break down those divisions between these um, individual cultures. So that's his that's his overarching. Um, vision, if you like, is to, to, to create a document that does just that, that celebrates the, the diversity of the human species before uh, that process began in earnest. Yeah, you know, some of the discussion I recall around the time was, you know, whether it was appropriate for, for someone to be appropriating things in this way. Uh, is there any of that kind of internal debate going on with Frank? Um no, there isn't, because when Frank started this, as I say, it was about 30 years ago, that really wasn't an issue. And and he only only ever approached it from a position of admiration and respect for the, the cultures that he portrayed. Um, so that's not really part of his mindset. That's certainly something that, as a filmmaker, that I've been thinking about and, and uh, will be bringing into the film, uh, because that is very topical at this time. Um, and of course, that has implications in terms of of how he goes about selling the collection as well. What would you say about um, his endeavours at authenticity with what he represents? I think he's done absolutely everything he reasonably can be expected to do. Um, and um, however, you know that, that's that's a that's a really difficult one. You know, when you look at a photo, of course, the way that people present to a camera is not necessarily the way that they they get about their their everyday lives. So there's there's always these filters, and that's true of, of um, 
pictures, you know, hand-drawn pictures uh, as well. That's always been mediated by the artist. Um, and there has been, of course, a, um, a tendency to, um, to embellish along the way um, these points of difference. But, but insofar as he can, I think it's fair to say that Frank has done everything he could reasonably do to, to, to be true to, to what he's, the people that he's trying to portray. Gosh, it's a fascinating story, and it's uh, understandable that you as a photographer and documentary maker would have... Uh would have pricked up your ears at the the possibility of of telling this story. It's one thing to decide that's what you want to do. It's another thing to make it happen, Chris. Um, how have you been making this possible, and who have you been working with? Uh, when I first started this, I, I was, as I say, immediately drawn in, and I thought, well, somebody's nobody's made a film about this. I'm, well, that, that's my job. I'll be doing that. But I only envisaged that being a a short film at that time. However, when when I got to know uh, Frank and his backstory and and uh, more about him, um, it's it sort of uh, you know I was grabbing a tiger by the tail. I didn't recognise that at the time necessarily, but it certainly grew. Um, and I, I got my producer Sue Marshall of Steep Street Films involved, and uh, it, together we've been able to uh, get some uh, support both from the Dunedin City Council, but also the New Zealand Film Commission have. Um, provided us with a de- development grant. Uh, so that's really got us up and, and running. And, and of course, the, 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 uh, the vision for the, the project uh, grew along the way, so it became a feature. Um, you also have a boosted campaign up and running. We do indeed. Yes, any support gratefully received, easy to find. Uh, so go to the boosted website, Frank and the Warriors, uh, which is the name of the project, and you'll find our, our boosted project. Yeah, uh, so we're sort of ticking along on that, and but uh, every dollar obviously counts. It's 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 a difficult thing to make a film, um, and it's all very speculative. At the beginning of a process, you you invest in it. You uh, in terms of your, your personal time and effort. Um, in the hope and, rather than the expectation that you've got something and, and somebody else will be interested. Um, so, you know, that's where it's been quite a journey so far. And, of course, we're only part way along that. What's the timeline from here? Difficult to say, to be honest. We need an ending, and that, that ending will come in terms of Frank's um, selling up and, and leaving, but, but that's in the hands of... Um, Factors outside of our control, such as um, you know, council, for example, selling houses is not an easy process, and uh, things of that nature. But Frank's determined to to push on and and uh, move to his next chapter, and um, certainly by by the end of this year, we'll, we'll, we should have uh, wrapped up the filming. We'll be hopefully into post by then. Once you have a completed project, what then? What do you do with it? Uh, you know, it's a bit of uncharted territory for me because I've not, not produced a, a feature before. Um, so, in a sense, you're asking the wrong man. Um, yeah. So, but, but to, to uh, broadly answer your question, it's probably going to be designed for the uh, festival circuit. So, we'd imagine it would it would uh, go on to film festivals around the world and uh, reach an audience in that way, and, and of course, an online streaming service in due course as well. Can't wait, Frank and the Warriors. Uh, I've been talking with director Chris Gilman-Gable about this project. Chris, thanks so much for taking some time to join us on the Awesome Morning Show and uh, all the best with the rest of the project. And remember, listeners, if you want to help out and get this thing over the line, you can hop online to Boosted. Look for Frank and the Warriors there and uh, give what you can to make sure we see this through to the end. Thanks so much, Chris. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.